0: are listening to walking with whitney a place for motivation inspiration and encouragement for your spiritual and mental health enjoy today's podcast hey guys i am super excited about today's podcast because we are talking about staying married part two and we are answering the questions that you guys sent to us so before i get started i would like to welcome my awesome husband simon billy blue flake
1: thank you for having me babe i really appreciate you and I love you so much.
0: I love you. Thank you for joining me. This hey, I'm is...
1: thrilled to join you in Walking with Whitney on this podcast.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so before we begin, I want you to close your eyes and think about why you fell in love with your spouse. Think about the things that attract you to them and the ways they gave you butterflies. See, because when you're angry, hurt, or disappointed, the devil has a way of making all the good your spouse has done seem insignificant and small in comparison to the ways that they have hurt you or let you down. So today we want to talk about staying married. The premise of this, we came up with a few different topic heads for this podcast just to and just to put the questions underneath that talk about intentionality. So the first one is, be intentional about including God in your marriage. Be intentional in the way you communicate. Be intentional about your own personal growth and relationship with God. Be intentional about seeking counsel. Be intentional about unconditional loving, unconditionally loving your spouse. Be intentional about building intimacy. And that was the last one. <laughs> so basically, we took the questions that you guys had and we put them under each category of principles about being intentional about your marriage. So we must learn to be intentional in every aspect of our marriage. God was intentional when He said, It is not good for man to be alone, and He created a woman, a helpmeet for adam so we must learn to be intentional in the way we treat and conduct ourselves in marriage i mean when you agree babe that god is an intentional god
1: absolutely
0: everything he did was intentional
1: yeah amen (laughs) never failing he's intentional So our first category is, be intentional about including God in your marriage. And can I take the first question? Absolutely, my love. So how would you recommend including God more in your marriage when you fail to do so at the beginning? We are so glad you asked. I, I think that a great practice, especially in this day and age of technology, is employing a Bible app. That's right. You can do that together, and you don't have to be side-by-side. Side. No. You don't have to be in each other's face early in the morning with that breath before you brush your teeth <laughs> just messing with you. But you could actually do this on the move, and it can help you build a habit, a routine. And one Bible app that, or or devotional we did together was called Kingdom Marriage. Mm-hmm. Shout yeah. out to Pastor Tony Evans, mm-hmm. because he really breaks down the significance of being married and how mm-hmm. marriage is a covenant That's right. and not just a contract.
0: That's right. Um. also when encourage you guys to just pray together you know invite God into your marriage he was there when you got married and he's there but just invite him to be a part of it the word says that if you acknowledge God that he will direct your path Mm -hmm. so you can acknowledge him and ask God to direct your path in your marriage God should be a huge part of your marriage and you can seek God's word and that way you can operate by God's principles for your marriage don't you think babe a lot of people get married and you know, they kind of try to do it their way. I admit that I definitely try to do it my way. bit, well, you well, know what I'm saying? Um, Me too. Yeah. So, but really, God God created the thing. That's right.
1: He created the thing. And, and Jesus came that we would have an abundant life. That's right. And not just as a single person, but as married people also. Yeah. So he's he's got the keys. That's right. The keys, the keys. And
0: you won't know the keys for biblical marriage or for godly marriage if you don't read your Bible. Right. Seek him. <laughs> yep. All right. So next question.
1: Ladies, how do you allow your husband to take the lead and you be his equal partner in decisions?
0: Yeah, so that's good. And I know people hate to hear the word submit or submission. They kind of cringe. Women cringe. It's like, no, I'm a modern day woman. No way. Leave me alone. Um, (laughs) But I choose to submit to my leader because I believe that that's the way God designed marriage. That does not mean that he overpowers me or, Mm -hmm. you know, is abusive or domineering. Um, My husband understands that we are both uh, supposed to submit one to another and so therefore and he also sees my gifts so he's not going to be like oh well forget that Whitney's good at that I'm just going to take the lead well that's not really what we do I think you know uh, God chose Eve to be Adam's help meet a helper for him and that is just the way God designed marriage it doesn't mean you can't be great doesn't mean God doesn't see you as equals it's just so that a marriage can function you know and have order like somebody if two people are always arguing and there's no no leader then how how do you how are you going to accomplish chaos. anything Straight there's chaos. leaders on jobs there's leaders um in every aspect of our life but for yep. some reason we feel uncomfortable saying our husband is our leader yep. now some people may feel that way because they don't trust their husband's leadership
1: right and and you know and and that's a sad situation but i just want to help everybody out by looking at jesus and god
0: that's right
1: let's look at how they are equal in Essence, but they were different in their roles that's right you know so Jesus is equal to God and he's walking around God on the flesh in the earth in the situation but he's still checking in with his heavenly father that's our right. father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name he's still giving an honor and reverence to heavenly father as God on earth yeah so they were equal in essence but for the sake of order Jesus checked in with God the father not my will, nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done. And if you really trust God, ladies, if you really trust God, then you'll trust His prescription for the order He assigned to marriage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our next question: Do you feel that love and God is enough in marriage to make marriage thrive?
1: Well, baby, it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. Marriage is God's institution. God is love. He's a part of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Love never fails. If you allow it to be, then love and God will be enough. But yeah. if you start subscribing to the things of this world, social media, what your friends said, what my mom and them used to do, and yeah. so on and so forth, <laughs> then we may run the risk of getting away from love, agape love and God not being enough all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the love that God is talking about is unconditional. So it's not like, well, you don't do it the way my daddy did it. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I can't really, you know, it's not enough. You're not, you're not enough. And I think that um, no person is ever going to be perfect. So you are literally choosing every day to love an imperfect spouse. Mm-hmm. And you're also choosing to do it God's way. That's your choice. Amen. All right. So next up.
1: I know I'm happy to be a beneficiary of that love. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay, so the next category be intentional in the way you communicate. So, question How do you handle a disagreement in a healthy way with your spouse, even when feelings are involved? Ooh.
0: Mm. Ooh, them feelings, baby. Them feelings can get a little out of control. <laughs> Let me just say this real quick you are allowed to have feelings, God gave us feelings, but your feelings should not lead you. Mm. God should lead you. God's word should lead you. Don't allow your feelings to become so big that you can't have a disagreement with your spouse without feeling like you need to run away or you need to leave your husband or you need to leave your wife. Them feelings ain't right. Because listen, here's the thing. Do my feelings line up with what God said? period that's i mean that's that's rough don't get me wrong it's not always easy but that's a part of 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 the flesh dying to your flesh on a daily basis that's what it takes to stay married that's what Mm -hmm. it takes to stay in relationship with anybody really Mm -hmm. so one thing that we kind of decided was that you should have rules to to having a discussion slash disagreement right
1: Right, because if you think of anything else, like if you think about it, your job—you have a disagreement with a coworker—you're not just gonna fly off the handle and, and go off your feelings. You're gonna you're gonna be calculated in yeah. how you bring this up. You you might have mechanisms in place. They might have ground rules of the job. If there's a team, you know, there's a way that a, a coach can throw a red flag out to the referee. Hey, ref, I think you missed this. Mm-hmm. do not necessarily have to jump out on the on the field and and get in the ref's face or push him. You know, so I think it's good that you have these ground rules to kind of keep yourselves in order. Because remember, in essence, we're making order out of chaos to becoming one can be a chaotic thing or you can employ God's rule and you can employ his principles and you can employ order.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So these are some ground rules that we came up with for when we have disagreements and discussions. Um, number one. Begin with prayer. Um, when you're upset about something, um, and you know, a lot of times you can be, you can already be operating in your flesh. So, inviting God by praying into that already takes you from a fleshly mindset to a spiritual mindset of saying, "Hey, this is a spiritual battle. This is not something that ha- that is um, just." Fleshly, you know, this is something that we want to invite God into, and that leads me to the next one attacking the issue together and not the person. Amen. Because if we are saying, Hey, God, we're submitting to you, number one, and we're going to submit to each other, and then we're going to attack this issue that we know is really in the spiritual realm, we really know that whatever is coming against us is really something that is trying to divide us, mm-hmm. and we could say, No, we want to attack this together, we don't want to attack each other because we We love each other. That's right. So the next one be patient, understanding, compassionate instead of critical. Um, It's very easy to be critical. If you're already a critical person or like a perfectionist, someone who's critical of yourself, then it's going to be hard to employ compassion. So I, I encourage you to be more compassionate with yourself first, and that can help you be more compassionate with those around you, especially your spouse.
1: Absolutely. And then we say, listen with an open mind. You know, our mind is like a parachute. It works better when it's open. And when we get over emo- emotional or when we get into our flesh it, it can have a tendency to make us a little bit more closed minded and we only tend to see things our way we're only interested in in my selfish position I want you to know exactly how I felt mm-hmm. when you, well, you ABC <laughs> and then the last time and so, so really to stay away from that you want to keep your mind open open to your spouse's perspective mm. and other perspectives because it's it's about understanding them and just as much if not even more than being understood
0: that's right so the next one remember you are talking to your friend Mm, that's good you know you are not on the street fighting somebody on the street (laughs) i don't know if anybody's mom ever taught them that lesson you know you may get into a a fist fight with your sibling but you're not fighting your sibling like you fight somebody on the street you know so when you're when you're with your spouse remember that you guys are friends first that's right. and you want to fight the issue the thing that is going is coming between you that's right. That's what you want to fight that's not right. each
1: other that's right i put my friend behind me and step in front of them i'll take one for the friend that's all right? right you can't mess with my friend because i'll fist fight you in a parking lot for yeah my friend. so so moving on to the next one stay mentally and physically present i think it's a high compliment when there's an issue that arises and you show the person that they take priority when you give them your undivided attention
0: absolutely to
1: include eye contact fellas i know the game is on but when when your bride comes and it's like (laughs) hey we really need to talk take a deep breath all right hit the mute button matter of fact turn tv off all right (laughs) turn it off (laughs) please face her look at her give her eye contact because you're doing more than just listening you're actually showing her how important she is and showing her that she is a priority in your life all
0: right The um, the next one don't interrupt Don't interrupt. You know, I think we can, I can admit, you know, like that may be a struggle of mine. You don't want to interrupt the spouse. You want them to be able to get your, their complete thought out. So you don't want to interrupt them. All right. And next we have forgive, quickly oh my gosh because the devil can run rampant Mm -hmm. if you don't forgive quickly I know there's some people out there and I think we're all guilty of it where we have a list of what you did and when you did it and how you did it and how you made me feel and all of that and so it's, it's very important to forgive quickly because the devil will run rampant with that unforgiveness
1: that's biblical you know you want you don't want the sun to go down on your wrath and you don't want to be angry remain angry because anger gives a foothold to the enemy Amen Yeah, And then last but certainly not least You want to close it with prayer So it's a prayer sandwich It begins and it ends with God Because he is the third person in our marriage That's a critical error When you have the all world God of the universe Who created marriage Gave us the principles And he's actually involved in it And then we don't employ him No God get back We can do this by ourselves Woe be unto you get God involved early, often, keep them involved, pray at the end, and then we come up with actionable steps yeah we'll talk about the Abs- actionable
0: steps. absolutely i think you know if you find yourself on this merry-go-round or ferris wheel of issues and you come back to the same one every single time i think it's very important to seek godly counsel whether it is a married couple who has been successful in marriage and they're godly or you're seeking um you know a christian counselor christian marriage counselor who can help you there's nothing wrong with that um you just want to make sure that you you do something about it you don't want to just allow the issue to fester and just be there continuously throughout your marriage
1: you know what i think about books um youtube just the the different things that are available to us If, if you're looking for an answer you know they can come in many ways shapes and forms just always consider your source so
0: all right Go ahead
1: babe okay so when you see toxic behaviors in your spouse how do you motivate them to overcome those things for example smoking drinking negative friends and family members so the the first thing i'd say is again all right so we said we talked about the prayer sandwich pray for them in the situation in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective when you allow god to get into whatever situation you're facing, he, he in fact, causes change in you and change in a situation and change in a person that you're praying for. All right. So when you take your hands off of it, God puts his hands on it and then he's present. And then the thing is, he can present opportunities for that person to maybe perhaps come to you and say, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about putting cigarettes down because I want to live a long time for all the reasons you wanted them to stop smoking, because it makes my clothes smell bad (laughs) and you don't smoke. And I feel bad when I smoke around you and I want to be around you more than these cigarettes. That is what happens when you allow God to get involved and you can actually see him move.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: you're taking the lead from God and not from yourself or your emotions or the way you want things to be.
0: And I think, honestly, God wants the glory like he wants you to be able to be like. Wow, God, thank you so much. They just changed. And they, and I mean, that's just a wonderful thing. And I just give glory to God when those things happen. So, Amen. all right. So next, be intentional about your own personal growth and relationship with God change is next question change is absolutely necessary but i think for some they need to hear the difference between growth of change in a positive way versus change that they want just because they want the other person to be a certain way that they are not how do you decipher the two so basically the only person that we can change is ourselves Um, A lot of us go into marriage with these unrealistic expectations and also and also fantasies, honestly. And we are not actually basing the expectations we have for our spouse off of their real life strengths. We're like, oh, we expect you to um, plan all these trips and vacations when they're not a planner. Um, I think my husband talked about that in the last podcast. We expect them to, you know, be creative in different ways where that's just not their strength so they're founded in these fantasies and um we listened to uh, we actually read um this young lady's blog and she was talking about marriage and she said she left her husband's sock on the floor for three weeks and he had left it there and she wanted to see if he would pick it up and he never did and finally she just went to God and was like God help me change show me where my error is and God was able to show her these unrealistic expectations and honestly show her where she fell short and the sin that she may have have been dealing with that was keeping her from loving her spouse and loving God fully so I just encourage you to focus on your spouse's strengths and and not focus on their weaknesses because honestly the two becoming one is you're bringing your strengths and you're bringing your strengths together and we're also bringing our weaknesses so that we can can we can pray for one another and and almost like be like God like it's like let me be strong where you're weak and let you know what Amen. I mean so yeah
1: yeah you know, I think about how, you know, we can burn our energy trying to change, you know, the other person or we can burn our energy changing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the most efficient way that we can burn our energy is changing ourselves because it's a guarantee that at the end of everything, we actually make the change. Yeah, we can't change anybody. No.
0: And asking God to help us change. Because sometimes we want to change and we can't even
1: change ourselves. There you go. Come on. So next category. Be intentional about the counsel you seek. Why do so many married couples not seek counseling within marriage?
0: Going to counseling feels like an admittance to failure for some. It's saying, hey, I cannot do this on my own. When all actuality, we seek help from others in all other areas. We do not color and cut our own hair with the expectation to have salon quality. We do not repair our own engines. We do not fitness train ourselves, rewire our (laughs) own homes um, without adequate training. Mm -hmm. So, for you to expect that you are going to be able to fix this marriage, when technically you've only been married for three years, which means you're a three year old. Hey,
1: come on now.
0: In marriage. That's right. And to not want to go to therapy, I, I am of course, you know, an advocate for therapy, and I believe in going and getting an, an unbiased opinion from someone who has trained and studied, and seeking a Christian counselor who loves God, who's going to always redirect you back to God. That is very important
1: and really the only dog in the fight that they have is is god's will god's will see we keep saying christian counselors because they understand the principles and and the reasoning behind god having the two become one so yeah that's a good one so is it healthier to surround yourself with more married people in marriage than single and we got to think about this evil communicate be not deceived evil communication corrupts good manners whether that evil communication comes from a married person or a single person. So, you, so the bottom line is you really want to surround yourself with people who can help you stay married. I'm sure, you know, you have single friends. I know I got single friends that are advocates of marriage. They respect the union. They aspire to be married to the right person themselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to all my single friends who promote Every my marriage. <laughs> all right, next question. Yeah. Um, All right. How do you handle trauma in a relationship? I really think that goes back to therapy, going to therapy. Um, you are not a trauma expert though. You have experienced the trauma. You will be able to go and be, um, work with your counselor, you know, and be able to share with them. You're the expert on what happened to you, but they're going to be the expert on helping you walk through your trauma, walk through your pain and heal. So, and hopefully experience something that i that you know the professionals call post-traumatic growth which is very possible and very real if you think about a volcano and when it erupts you know you and you see that green sprout that comes out the ground and you're like how how is this possible it is very possible to heal and to grow and experience post-traumatic growth after trauma
1: oh that's good so that master's degree working
0: (laughs) that's funny all right so next one be intentional about unconditionally loving your spouse go ahead babe
1: question i just want to point out under covenant that divorce is not supposed to be an option but what about the relationships that become toxic when only one person is praying putting in the effort for change being the embodiment of change yet the other person has already closed the door what do you do do you ask god is it in your will for me to walk away? Well, we understand God's word is his will. It's his testament, the New Testament. And we understand that God hates divorce according to his word. Now, also in accordance to God's word, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Don't be deceived, God is not a fool. Whatever you sow, whatever you plant, you're gonna harvest that. So if you're the person who's praying, putting in the effort for change, being the embodiment of change, you are following the biblical prescription for what God told you to do in a situation where change is necessary. All right. And you're setting yourself up for a harvest of what you've been planting. So keep planting.
0: Absolutely. And the next question kind of goes with that one. And I want you to remember that God said to Wife who is married to a non Christian, to a non believer, he said to win your spouse over with your conversation, with the conversation of your lifestyle and love them anyways. Mm -hmm. I think if you can walk around and be in the house with an unbeliever who may be nasty, who doesn't have to answer to God, but you are standing firm in your relationship with God and they are able to see the conversation of your lifestyle, your love for God, it can be very, it can be easy easier to sway them to win them to christ mm-hmm. so our next one and our last one is be intentional about building intimacy question how often do you guys check in with each other you know what are some things that you do um some routines to not become complacent or get in a rut so we have some things that we do with each other and you can kind of create your own and i hope that you guys already have some but if not we we'll, we're going to share ours with you
1: so we do our daily gratitudes in the morning and then we pray before we start our day at least we'd like to um and and i would like to say this like we always want to vent can i vent can i take this to you i want to take my problem to you and everything else and, and that's great what's even better can i take my triumph can i tell you something great can i tell you what i'm thankful for oh my gosh that'll definitely set the party off right especially if you do this at the beginning of the day um and then we have an intimacy game where you pick a card And the card will will tell you to ask your spouse a question while you're looking them in the eye and you're not more than one foot apart. And then they answer the questions and it helps us to reflect on our relationship where we started how we got started where we are now where we have yet to go it kind of assists in facilitating the yeah. questions we can it ask it does each it's other. really
0: cool it asks questions like what made you fall in love with me mm. and some and, or like what are better ways that i can love you now oh
1: man or how have i how has my relate how has my uh relationship changed? How has our relationship changed throughout the years? How have I changed you? How have you changed me? How have we evolved in this thing? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm really good. Um, Also, um, we spend a lot of time together. Um, We do household chores together, spend time with our kids together, but we also find a way to spend do leisure activities together. I got my husband to buy a bike. Yeah, got a good deal <laughs> and, on it. And then. ride bike with, yeah. bikes with me, which That's is right. really fun. Mm-hmm. And he likes to watch movies, and so I do that with him. And so we are intentional about about doing that but we also make sure that you know if we're doing an activity that may not require talking or engaging with each other we may play that game at the end or we may take 10 minutes you know at the end of our day and be intentional to talk to each other
1: maybe get on a podcast together or
0: maybe get on a podcast you know, together same. um and then um lastly we are intentional about our sex life um so we don't we don't wait too long we don't have too long of a of a of a spell in between having yeah. sex so i mean you know what's a long time for you and we know what's a long time for us so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're connecting in that intimate way because god said sex is good in marriage that's right it's and, fun too yeah i know like i of go people, play <laughs> lots of people want to have sex <laughs> outside of marriage and have fun but it's fun in marriage and you can be creative and find ways to make it fun so in closing these are some last very important you know, tools and topics I want to leave you with and just notes. Um, Be intentional about becoming one. Ask yourself, does this help us become one? And if it doesn't, throw it away throw it <laughs> next communication without accusation don't accuse your spouse of being hurtful mm-hmm. you know try and just communicate in a healthy way employing that thing i call compassion instead of criticism yeah. um seek god individually and collectively yes. Your your relationship with god personally is just as important as the relationship that you guys have together with god because you just don't want to have a you can be it can be very possible to have a carnal marriage have a fleshly marriage where you are just not really not really connecting with god you know so and then make time for one another and my last point is men need respect and women need to feel loved wives respect your husbands what the word says husbands Be sure to love your wife as Christ loved the church. It's an unconditional love. She needs to feel loved. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. I encourage you to be good to yourself so that you can be good to others. And also be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Share it with someone. If you feel like this is a great podcast and it helped you, um, whether you're thinking about getting married, your single friends maybe thinking about getting married, or your actual married friends, share it with them. Do it. Do it. All right, we love you. Sharing
1: for you. Rooting for you.
0: We love you. We're praying for you. You Have a wonderful day and God bless you. Thank you for listening to Walking with Whitney.